Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. This is week four of what is Jesus doing? What is he doing? He's doing stuff right now and he's doing stuff through you. And what he's doing with you today is he's imparting spiritual life. He's making you strong in your spirit, man. And you know, everything operates in and through your subconscious realm. So your subconscious realm where there's toxic clusters, you need to confront those things and, and rewrite those things in your subconscious so that your spirit man can really be in control. So that's important. We're going to talk about how to confront those toxic clusters today with action, mentoring, a clear belief system, meditation, and being baptized in love. Come on, let's get into the word. So we're on a, a series called What Is Jesus Doing? And we're wearing our bracelets because we want to, oh gee, we, that, that actually hurt that one. We, we want to, it's not what would you, wonder what would Jesus do if he was in this situation? Jesus said, I, uh, the words I speak are not my own. They're the father's words, his words had authority. Jesus also said, I see what the father is doing. He said, I don't do anything. He said, apart from him, I am nothing. That's Jesus, the son of God, emptied himself of divinity so he could be just like us, identified completely with us. And his walk of life is a total example of how we can live. And we can walk in that supernatural thing. He provided the way for us that Jesus said to his father, Father, as, I, as you sent me, I send them. And it says in the word, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. And so we are, are, are ambassadors of God. We are, he's the king of kings and we are royalty right now, walking around demonstrating his kingdom. So when people look at us, they see what it's like to be a child of God. So we have to be people who understand what Jesus is doing, not, not what, what would he do if he were here right now? We know because he is here right now. He's with me by the spirit of God, the mind of Christ, the revelation of God. I have open access to him. I'm in constant fellowship and communion with God. So when I walk into situations, every day I'm walking in divine partnership. Every day, every place I put my foot, I bring the kingdom, all the resources of the kingdom and all that he is. So we need to know what Jesus is doing. Amen. And he's given you eyes to see and he's given you ears to hear. They're a gift from God. Not the ones that you see in the physical, but in the spirit, he's given you eyes to see and ears to hear. They're yours and they're the gift of God. So hearing my sheep, hear my voice, hearing from God is innate. Innate means when you're born with it it's in your dna you can hear you can see it's abnormal not to hear and see in the spirit bill johnson said this he said it's abnormal for a christian not to have an appetite for cheeseburgers yes no it says it's abnormal for a christian not to have an appetite for the impossible it's been written into our spiritual dna to hunger for impossibilities around us to bow to the name of jesus so when there's a difficult impossible circumstance or situation that rises in your life you go yes that's why count it all joy I mean, count it all joy because you know what? God is going to be at work in this situation and he's going to manifest his power and his perfection in this whole situation. So we are expecting miracles. We talked last week about Peter. Peter was walking on water. Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. He said, uh, right up here, it's in Matthew. It's coming up right now, Matthew. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, it is I. And he said, don't be afraid. Say, don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. So he said, it's I, don't be afraid. And literally he said, I am, the I am that I am. I am the one who deals with every negative situation in your world. I am here and I am with you. So Peter said, well, if that is you and it's really you, Lord, boom, call me out. Call me out on the water. Tell me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. He said, come. Now listen, if Jesus says come, that word, even though it is unnatural for you to walk on water, how many went home and filled the bathtub, gave it a try? How many? I know. I know I had emails from a few who said they just got wet. And I said, well, did Jesus tell you to do that? You know, so anyway. But you see, when Jesus says, come, you can walk on the word of Jesus. Jesus, it's his word, his voice that created everything. And all things are sustained by the voice of his word. Everything. Everything would implode if it wasn't for the constant voice of God bringing all things in order. But you see, that voice has power. Even if God's voice, the present word of God has power even over natural order. So if God says, come, you can't walk on water, but you can walk on the word of God. And when God says, come, you can walk in that. And you have authority to do that because he said, come. Every word from God has power to achieve that for which it was sent. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> so here he is walking on the water. Now look, the next part. Then Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on the water. Yeah, walking on the water. Yeah. How cool is this? How cool is this? Then he said, he saw the wind. And he was afraid. So, see, Jesus didn't calm the storm and say, come. It was still stormy. So storm still battering, boom, bang, all that nasty stuff, stormy things. In the middle of stormy things, Jesus says, come. In the middle of the storm, I want you to walk above that now. I want you to walk on your circumstances. I want you to rise above this. I'm going to give you a word. The storm still may be raging, but you can walk on those waves. You can, you can walk and pierce through the winds. You can do this. And he did it. But then he took his mind off the word of Jesus. He took his mind off the command of Christ. And it says that he saw. Now, he saw all that before. But Jesus... Jesus became the focus and he saw Jesus but suddenly when he's out on the water he's going wow what am I doing out here he saw the wind he saw the waves and he was afraid how many have had windy things in your life that cause fear things come up windy words windy circumstances windy stuff Jesus said we're going to cross over he didn't say I'm going to send you in the in the middle of the sea and you're all going to break up and drown we're going to cross over and we're going to make it to the other side and it's going to be good it's going to be glorious it's going to be powerful that's the word of the Lord. So we're crossing over. But Peter started to focus on the circumstances. And when he looked at those things, instead of keeping his eyes on the promise of God, he began to sink and he died. No, he didn't. He said, Lord, save me. And even when he was afraid of a circumstance, he said, Lord, save me. And Jesus picked him up. Isn't God good? You know, even when you're not faithful, he's still faithful. Even when you fall into a place where I'm struggling, I'm hard, he says, it's all right, I got you. Say, I got you. He's got you. But here it is. But he wants you to walk on water. He wants you to walk in that realm. He was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, help me. And they got together and they walked back on the water. If you don't really believe the conclusion, if you don't really believe the outcome, the outcome will always be out of range and out of reach and it'll always be a struggle. You got to believe. You got to believe that conclusion. What are you believing for? That's why even training our ministry teams, I, I, the group that we were training last time, I said, I want you to ask people questions. I don't, I don't want you to say, you know, what do you need or what's wrong? I want you to tell them, what are we going to see happen today? 
I want you to set them up that we're going to see a miracle today. What do you need God to do for you today? What are we going to see today? How is God going to touch your life today? Because we want to focus on that because God's good. He's always good. There's no shadow turning from him. But you see, Peter thought about his actions. There was no belief system, no support activity in his subconscious that he could connect to. And suddenly, boom, he said, I can't do this. And you know what? If you say you can't do this, you're right. You're not right because you can't do it. You're right because you know what? Your confession is going to rule your life. And so you gotta, you got to take authority over that. Bill Johnson said, more doesn't come through suddenlies, it comes through stewardship. How many want more? I want more, I want more, I want more. I want the more of God. I want the super abundant of God. I want the abundant life of God. I want to see God all. You know, more doesn't, it, like, you don't have to live from miracle to miracle. You don't have to live from God just dropping in. I need another drop in. I need another one of your little visitations. The last one, it's, it's kind of lost its strength. I need another dose of the Holy Ghost. See, you know, if you want more, it more doesn't come because you live from miracle to miracle. It's because you live constantly in a realm of miracles because you're stewarding the revelation that God gave you. You're stewarding the fact that I've got authority over the wind and the waves. I've got authority in my life. So stewardship's important. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct, our, conduct ourselves by the conviction or belief. Say belief. The belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. We trust with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk not by sight or appearance. So we walk by faith, not by sight. You walk by faith, not by sight. The word sight means what you can see or what you can sense or the realm of the senses. Now you have senses. How many have some senses? You can see, you can feel, you can hear, you can touch, you, all of those things. But you see, we don't walk by our senses. We walk by faith. Faith operates in the unseen realm. Faith is nonsense. Say nonsense. Well, pastor, that's nonsense. Well, we're right there then. You know, because the unseen realm, it's the unseen realm. But Abraham believed he was a father of faith because he believed those things that weren't would come into manifestation. And he spoke those things that weren't as though they were and God brought them to pass. So he agreed with the revelation he had in the unseen realm. And so you got to see that you got to have a belief system that operates in the spirit. Say spirit. God's called you to live a life of the Spirit. We live by faith. We operate in the unseen realm, not in the seen realm. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the Spirit. What is your mindset on? If you're having constant fleshly experiences, it's probably because you're being dominated by your senses and your sense world, what you feel, hear, touch, all those things is dominating your world when you should be living out of the realm of Christ, the realm of the Spirit. Because those who set their minds on the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, they live in the Spirit. So walking in the Spirit isn't trying to be a good person. You need to walk in the Spirit, brother. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is something that happens because you're in Him, you're in the vine, life is flowing from the vine, so kindness and love and patience, those things aren't stuff I try to do. Those are natural outworking of my identity. I am a child of God. I am completely plugged into the vine, and because I'm plugged into the vine, the life of the vine is expressed through me. I bear fruit. I don't try to make fruit happen. I bear fruit. It's a natural outworking of my new birth and my relationship with God. So those things all happen. But you see, I can also walk in the spirit and I can order issues in my life and I can live out of the heavenly realm and command my natural world to align itself as it is in heaven is my standard. It really is. It's not just a little prayer. It's not a little song or a wish. God wants us to live as it is in heaven. He wants our lives to be supernaturally unexplainable. What kind of neighbors do we have? What's going on with them? 
walking in the spirit is it's walking in the spirit walking it's my natural everyday life operating out of the realm of the spirit watchman he watchman he said if the believer does not discern his own spirit he invariably is ignorant of how to commune with god in the spirit this is watchman he in his book spiritual man now he said if you cannot discern your own spirit you are ignorant of how to commune with god if you don't discern your own spirit you are ignorant of how to commune with god now, a lot of people don't aren't aware and don't live out of their spirit they live out of their mind. They live out of their soul realm. They live predominated by their subconscious world. You live dominated. You wake up every day, you put your feet on the floor, and you live in the past. Everybody does. You do past stuff. You do the same stuff you always did. You put your feet on the floor. You grab your phone. You check out Facebook. You check a few other things. Check to see if the Blue Jays won last night. Praise Jesus. They didn't, but the other team lost, so glory to God. So you're totally dominated by these past experiences and how you do things. But you got to get in touch with your spirit. He easily substitutes his own thought or emotions. You think you're living in the spirit and you're not. You're living out of your soul realm. You're living out of thoughts, emotions, soulish realm. And you think it's the work of the spirit. Thus, he confines himself to the outer realm. You can confine yourself to the outer realm and never enjoy what it is to live out of the spirit of God and bask in and live in and enjoy the free flow of his life because he can that you might have life uh, not bios life but zoe life the god kind of life and that the god kind of life from him would explode in you and manifest in you not a little bit but abundantly that's what we're called to do that's what he came to do so if we don't connect with our spirit understand our spirit you will confine yourself to the outer realm unable ever to reach the spiritual realm i know that's watchman e it's not the scripture, but it's Watchman E. Pretty, pretty remarkable guy. He was. Uh, John the Baptist, he grew. As a child, he grew and he waxed strong in spirit. Not spirit big S, but little s spirit. His spirit. His spirit. John the Baptist's spirit. He gained understanding and revelation of his own spirit. He waxed strong in spirit as he was in the desert. So listen. Uh, 240 is about Jesus. Jesus, the child grew and he waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. See, not big ass spirit, but little ass spirit. They, they grew up and they were in touch with themselves. They were in touch with their spirit. They were in touch with their inner man, and their inner man dominated and ruled in their lives. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Therefore, since these great promises are ours, praise God, they are ours, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit and bring our consecration, the consecration that we have, bring it to completeness in the reverential fear of the Lord. You've got to be engaged. You've got to be in touch with. You've got to discern your own spirit. Ephesians three sixteen. I pray that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might in his spirit, or sorry, through his spirit in your inner man. Here's Paul prayer. Paul wants you to have revelation of what's already yours. I don't want you to get something. I want you to understand what God's given you. His great power, riches and glory and love. I want you to understand that it's, I'm not praying that you would get it, but what I am praying for, I'm praying that your inner man, the spiritual you, your inner man would be encouraged and lifted up and strengthened so you can connect yourself. God is spirit and we worship him. We engage with him. We walk with him in spirit truthfully, in spirit and reality. We have a real absolute clear connection spirit to spirit. God is spirit and those who worship him it's spirit. 
We have to be very, very acutely aware of our spirit. Proverbs 20, verse 27. The spirit of a man, the factor of the human personality which proceeds immediately from God, is the lamp of the Lord, searching his inmost parts. Your spirit, your spirit man, your spirit man is the candle of the Lord. That means that the spirit man is where God illuminates himself, manifests himself. It's where he speaks to you. And if you're only having soulish experiences, you're mostly dominated a little bit by conscious thought, but mostly by past experiences. 90 95% of your behavior and all the things you do, your actions, everything, come out of all your past experiences, all the past experiences you've had, the belief system that you have. You could have a belief system here today, and I'm talking to you, and it doesn't mesh with your belief system, so your subconscious is saying, delete, 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 and then we sink in the water, and Jesus reaches out and grabs us. But see, we have to push back on what's been written on that little mainframe, and we have to insist that all those toxic little clusters line up with the Word of God. So be transformed. How? In light of the mercy of God, in light of all that he's done, in light of all that he's offered to you. What do we do now? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may test and approve and know what is the perfect, pleasing will of God. But none of that happens if you're not absolutely in tune with your spirit. With your spirit, with your spirit, your spirit man dominates every aspect of your life. I know this is a bit of a fire hose, but I told you it would be. There are two sources of strength for a spiritual man, for a believer. Your born-again spirit is a source of strength. A strong spirit is a source of strength. Being strong in spirit is a source of strength. And then there's the Holy Spirit. Great men and women do not fall because they lack anointing or the power of spirit. God does not give you the spirit with measure. He pours out his spirit upon you. But we don't lack his power, his anointing, but we lack often and fall often because of an untrained spirit. It's my spirit that is not trained. And we are trying to have experiences with that God through a broken soul realm that's not been restored. Is anybody tracking with me? You can watch it again later. The notes are all online. They were online this morning. You could have printed them out and brought them with you. And you could have tracked with me if you wanted. Instead of having to read them on the slide, you could have read them in your hands, read them on the slide, and had me say them to you. Wouldn't that be good? Because that's a lot of repetition. What does repetition do? It rewrites and rewires the toxic things in your brain. Daniel had an excellent spirit to sustain him. Daniel 6, 3. He was in touch with his spirit. He had an excellent spirit. Numbers 14, 24. Caleb, because he had a different spirit. Caleb was taken, one of those that were anointed, that were shared the anointing off of Moses. But he was a steward of that spirit. He was a steward of that spirit that was on him. And he had a different spirit from all the others who had fear and doubt and unbelief. When, when Caleb saw the land and he saw the giants, he said, let me at them. The other guys, when they saw the land and the giants, they didn't see the promise of God. They didn't see the provision of God. They saw the obstacles. They saw the wind and the waves. Don't see the wind and the waves. Look at the promise. It doesn't matter who's camping there. If God said it's yours, it's yours. All you got to do is move on in. And you see, they had to displace those powers that were in their land. They had to displace them. God didn't say, here's the land. Look, they're all gone. No, God said, here's the land. Now take it. And you know, some of the land you need to take, some of the most unexplored territory in your life is your head. Your subconscious is constantly warring against you, and you think it's demonic or some other thing, but it's just you have been conditioned with stinking thinking all your life, and you need to deal with it. First thing you got to do is get ridiculously connected with your spirit. And have that spirit communing with the Father. And then boom, you command your soul realm, your body, all other things to align with the word of God. 
All right. All right, I'm preaching better than your amen. I wasn't preaching that I was just teaching. It's a fire hose. Here we go. Luke 22, 43, and there appeared unto him an angel from heaven, Jesus. The angel came to Jesus, and what did the angel do? Strengthening him in spirit. Spirit, there's so many. If you look for it, you'll find so many places that talk about your human spirit and how God ministers to your human spirit. John 3, 6, that which is born of the spirit, capital S, is spirit. You are a spirit, and you worship him in spirit and in truth. Four basic spiritual conditions, really fast, really fast, because i got to do this. You ready? There's a broken spirit. You can have a broken spirit. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. Isn't that great? What will sustain you in sickness? A strong spirit. You ever heard that? I, I, just, I just won't take it. I, I just refuse to take it. On the way to church today, Dylan was telling me, he goes, man, I had something in my shoulder. I almost, I almost felt like some sack of something, like a, something at work in my shoulder. And I just said, I have not taken it. I'm not accepting that. I don't have time for this. And he said, I'm done. Be gone. And Jesus' name said, I kept on going. It was gone. You know, sometimes you just got a strong spirit. And you, just, you know, it's, it says, says the yoke is broken because of the anointing. You know what the anointing is? It says your yoke is broken because you got a fat neck. That's why I got a fat neck. No yoke going to get on me. Can't get on me. When you got a strong spirit, it can't get on you because I got a strong spirit. A strong spirit will sustain you at any place and anywhere. Strong spirit. Come on, say, I got a strong spirit. Strong spirit will sustain him. It says, but who can bear a broken spirit? Who can bear a broken spirit? Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Amen. Come on, take your medicine. Ha, ha, ha. Take your medicine. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. I'll tell you, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I'll tell you, the joy of the Lord does not give you strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Take your medicine, but a broken spirit dries up your bones. You know what? Sometimes if you feel broken and you feel like your spirit is crushed, you just got to get a laugh on. You just got to get some scriptures. You got to say, ha, 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 the devil. Ha, 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 the devil. Ha, 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 the devil. Woo, glory to Jesus. Man, that, that got me right there. Well, and I tell you, take your medicine. But I tell you, a broken spirit. You run into people with a broken spirit. And they come, and, and man, you're, just, you're trying to say, it's going to be okay. God's for you. There's promises in the word. <laughs> and I know, I, how many know, there's sometimes that you know, I got more than just my stuff. I mean, I'm overburdened right now. I don't have just a natural load, Pastor. I got an overload. It says, you know what, each of us should carry our load. But it says, but we should carry one another's burdens. There's sometimes when you get overloaded, that's why we pray for people at the altar. That's why we pray for each other. That's why we go to small groups and we talk with each other and we share with each other. Because I need somebody sometimes. Sometimes I need somebody. But I'm telling you, it's beautiful. When I got a broken spirit, I get around so happy people. And they encourage me in the Lord. I tell you, a broken spirit dries up your bones. So don't have a broken spirit, a haughty spirit. Proverbs 16 says pride goes before fall, before destruction. A haughty spirit before fall. Don't be haughty. There's an un- third, there's an undisciplined spirit. Undisciplined. Whoever does not rule his own spirit is like a city broken down and without walls. If you don't know how to rule your own spirit, if you're not in charge of you, if Carl isn't in charge of Carl and has very firmly, firmly, strongly acquainted with Carl, mercy. A strong spirit, if you have no rule over your spirit, it's like a city that's broken down without walls. You are wide open for attack because your spirit is not strong. You've got an undisciplined, 
unruly spirit. Seven, Psalm 78, 8, it says, whose spirit was not faithful, was not faithful. Number four is a trained spirit. First Corinthians 14, 32 says, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Romans 8, 14 says, for as many are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now listen, the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Pastor, I couldn't help it. I, you know, I know that was a weird word, but I brought it anyway. Well, you know what? God did not overrule you because even God says that he is subject to you. Even if you prophesy, the prophecy is subject to the prophet. It's not like you go in a trance and get all belly mouth on everybody. You see, the, the spirit of the prophet, the, even the subjects of the prophecy are subject to the prophet. You have to participate. God's not looking to dominate and rule over you. He's looking to partner with you. He, he's not like the devil. The devil wants to try and dominate you, and he's cruel. But you see, God wants to partner with you. He wants to mentor you. He wants you to grow up. How are you guys doing? So we want a trained spirit. We want people to understand their spirit. People are connected and trained with their spirit. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. It says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you can put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and true holiness. I got a picture here for you. I got it online. You can go look at it. You are a three-part being. But you see, in your soul realm, you get your conscious mind, your subconscious mind. In your subconscious mind, you got beliefs, attitudes, feelings, emotions. Emotions come out of your subconscious. Totally out of your subconscious. You ever been sitting there talking with someone and all of a sudden you start to weep and you go, I don't know what's going on. But I, you, suddenly something came over you. I mean, and there's, there's those things. Sometimes joy can even come out of your subconscious mind. Sometimes you got no joy because your subconscious mind is dominated by brokenness. You don't even know how to be happy. Because your subconscious realm has never learned it. Your subconscious realm has, has no substructure for joy. You see, all those things are there, but the spirit man right there, that spirit man, what God created, the spirit to the real you, you've got to be clearly connected with your spirit, your spirit, your recreated, wonderful, glorious spirit in the image of God. You've got to be connected with that all around. You've got nerves, senses, your brain, organs, all that stuff, all that stuff you are supposed to rule and dominate over. You see, everything comes from the spirit out, but a lot of people, it all comes from the outside in. And a lot of people let all kinds of manner of silly things cloud your spirit and wreck your spirit when you know you should be ordering all of those things so that every single thing from a renewed, powerful, strong spirit, you're releasing the goodness of God, the promise of God, the word of God, the current, present revelation of God over your life is freely flowing out of your life because you're spiritually mature. All right, so you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in an earth suit. That's what flesh is. Flesh is sarks. It means meat sack. Say meat sack. Don't live out of the meat sack. Don't let the meat sack dominate your life. Amen. Make that a double cheeseburger. That's what happens sometimes with me, you know. Boy, oh boy. All right, I got it. I'm back. I'm back. All right. Okay, the subconscious mind is like a big memory bank, stores all of your previous life experiences, your beliefs, your memories, your skills, your situations, everything you've been through, all the images you've ever seen. It all gets whacked into your subconscious mind. This informs all behavior and actions. This informs all behavior and actions. If you don't know why, you can't get over that. Why do we keep going there? You literally have tracks on your brain. And literally, if you have a problem, your brain tries to find the fastest off-ramp to deal with your problem. And if you use substances or other things to deal with your problem, if you self-medicate with a substance or with a behavior, it says, boom, it'll find that as fast as it can. And you find yourself doing the same dumb thing over and over again, wondering why you're doing it. You're doing it because you watch 
wired things that way. You wired your brain that way. You do it because you wired it that way. Here's the good news. The same person who wired it can rewire it. If you wired it wrong, you have the honor and the authority to wire it right. Isn't that good? You are not a victim of your past. You're not a victim of the wiring in your brain. You're not even a victim of your DNA. Your DNA ready switches are turned on and off in your DNA based on fear and based on love. You are not a victim of your genes. Genes get turned on and turned off. You can have a disposition towards it because of environment and because your family and because of what they pass down. But whether it happens or not happens because of fear or it does not happen because of love. You are not a victim of that. That is neuroplasticity. That is scientific. That is absolutely It's first of all biblical. It's first of all because God made you that way. But science just figured it out. You are not a victim of your genealogy. You can turn off and you can turn on. You don't have to say, well, that runs in the family. Mom told me that it's a genetic thing with me. Well, tell your mom I didn't turn the gene on. I got a call from my mom. Said, I got that, that heart problem. You know where it goes flutter, flutter, flutter? I guess it, it's in our genes. I went, yeah, I, I say no to that, Mom. No, no, David's got it. John's got it. Uncle Ian's got it. Uncle Phil had it. Aunt Ruth had it. Well, Mom, I said pass. Well, you can't say pass. I said, Mom, I can't sew. Said, you need to get it checked out. I said, Mom, I'm going to pass on that. So I'm telling you, you need to get it checked out. I said, tell you what, Mom, for you, I'm going to get it checked out. So I went to the doctor. I said, Mom, brother, all the rest got the flutter butter thing. Said, can you check it out for me? So he checked me out, did a little x-ray, did a, a 4D thing. He checked it out, put some goopy stuff there, all kinds of stuff. And then they put me on a treadmill with a whole bunch of stuff on me. And he said, run. I said, what? <laughs> said, how about some quick walking? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got going. I took four steps. He said, good enough. <laughs> so I had the heart rate up there and they checked it all out so I came back in the room and sat down and they called me into the doctor's office I walked in I said well doc what do you think if I got it or am I going to get it he said that's not the way it works either you got it or you don't and I said so what is it you don't I said can you put that in writing I said I, I just want to record you right now and send it to my mom she just won't leave me alone and I tell you, I read Caroline Leaf's book about, you know, uh, who switched off my brain. And I found out I could switch my brain back on. Hey, who's feeling good right now? All right. The rest of you can go home. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do this really fast. Can you say really fast? My goodness. Just one thing, just, just to give you an example of this, all right? You're in control. You ready? We're going to get your conscious mind in charge right now. Do you know your subconscious mind is 95, or actually, they say your subconscious mind is like a million times more powerful than your conscious mind. So if you think you can just, from a little bit of thinking, can change it all. But let me show you about a little bit of thinking you can do. You ready? I want you to breathe in and out really deeply five times. Ready? <sighs> You just took over your subconscious. 
Because breathing is out of your subconscious. How many thought, oh my God, I better keep breathing. Oh my God, will I stop? But suddenly you, you actually took actively control of how you breathe. You, you normally don't have to do that because it happens in your subconscious. But see, you can take authority there. And by repetitive actions, you can change your thinking. So I'm like way over time. So what I'm going to do is tell you this. There's in 1 Peter chapter 1, talks about purifying your soul. It talks about aligning your suke, your suke. Your suke. It's not bios, it's your suke. Your suke is trying to dominate your life. You can get it cleaned out. Say thank you, Jesus, for that, right? So you get your suke cleaned out. James 1.22 talked about it last week, but the implanted word, when you take the word through your conscious self, you push it back through the analytical mind, and you start to write, and you start to rewrite your subconscious mind. You keep on confessing the word of God. You literally change your belief structures and systems. When you do that, it says you're rewiring your mind. And what it says you're getting out is the word kakia. Kakia, there's uncleanness, there's clusters, there's things in your brain that are affecting your life every day. You can carry on the way you want. I just want to tell you that. If you want to keep on, God bless you. But I'm trying to encourage you to walk in the spirit. I'm trying to encourage you to have a mind that is stayed on Christ and have a mind that starts to hear from God and walks. And in your life, you are going and you're stewarding a life from miracle to miracle. If you want that, pay attention. If you want to stay stuck in the mud, enjoy your life. But the word is kakia. It's kakia, but I like to say kakia. But you know what? You can use the word of God, and through the word of God, you can get the kakia out of your suitcase. Your suitcase. It's kind of like your mind is like a suitcase, and you filled it with crap. You know how you get the crap out of the suitcase? The kakia out of the suitcase? You get the word of God. You get the rhema of God, the spirit quickened word of God. You meditate on it. You mutter it. You go hard after it. And I tell you, you'll see a transformation taking place in your life where you're connected with your spirit man and you're connected with God and you start to walk in power and authority in your world, in your inner world, and it flows and overflows the banks of your life and starts to bring transformation in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your church, in your world, in your city. God, do a miracle. It's your turn. God, do a suddenly. It's your turn. God's up there going, what are they yelling at me for? I gave them everything to get this done. God, please send a revival. It's your turn. All things are possible to him who believes. What do you mean if I can? Jesus came down the mountain and said, if you can, you can do something. What do you mean if I can? I'll tell you this, not only can I, but all things are possible to them that believe. What do you believe? Five things really fast. I'm going to hit them, bam, really fast, like a, like a fire hose, bam. Action. You got to change your action. If you're going to confront toxic clusters, change your action. I can't run. Yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. You know what you got to do to change that? Start running. Action. Just get on with it. I can't read my Bible. I don't understand it. Your word, the Bible in your hand is the breath of God. It's mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. It's God's life. Just, I love it. I love it. I love it. No, pastor, I said, I don't like it. You're not listening to me. Stop it. You know why you can't read the Bible? Because you think you can't read the Bible. 
But you got to let the Holy Spirit show you how much that will transform your life and it will change you forever. So we quit saying, I can't, I can't, I can't say, I can hear from God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mentoring. Put yourself in good relationships with people. Do you know they've found out through uh, neuroplasticity that the door to your mind is totally open to someone you consider as an authority figure in your life. When you're being mentored, that person has the keys. They can walk right through into your subconscious and they can rewrite your brain. Now here in is the thing. If you let any idiot be your mentor, you're giving somebody authority to fill your head with stuff that's not true. That's why sadly there's a lot of TV programs I'm trying to cancel. I wish they'd get off the air. It's rubbish. And they keep on rewiring Christians' minds to, it's bad, it's ugly, it's terrible, oh no. I'm standing here every Sunday going, it's good, it's going to get gooder. God's going to bless you. We're going to take the whole stinking thing over. God's glory is going to fill the earth. Well, I do not receive that. That's because you let that other guy have access to your head. Hello. We got too much information today. You know what's great? We got information today. You know what's bad? We got too much information today. And I'm not saying make me the authority figure in your life. Because that's how weird, creepy things happen, right? That's how people, that's why people will follow cults. They gave that person authority to literally dictate their behavior and actions. You know, you find good people, solid people. Get yourself in a community where people love you and care for you. And you know they're lovers of God. You get in that relationship. People can encourage you in the things of God. Then you can change things. Brethren, join me in following my example. Note those who walk that. Note those who so walk that you may have a pattern. Can I get an amen? Your belief system, information goes directly into your subconscious. Your belief system, things you believe, goes right there. Make sure you got a right belief system. Paul said this, Romans 6, 17, he said, Yet you obeyed from your heart the form of doctrine to which was delivered you. So Paul is saying things are going good for you because there's a standard of teaching, a pattern of teaching, the systematic truth of Paul. You took it and you wrote it on your heart and in your mind. And when you did that, your life was being transformed. So there's, quit saying I can't do it. There's action. There's action. There's good sound mentoring. There's making sure you analyze your belief system then there's uh, meditation meditate on the word of God when you meditate when you mutter through repetition six or seven minutes a day if you just continuously speak the word of God I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me write that on your fridge write it on your wall write it on your hand write I can do all things you'll change your life with that one verse meditate on it mutter it ponder it ponder it mutter it see that's what he said he said to Joshua mutter the word mutter it's the word hugga and hugga means mutter it's the same word you'd use if you were a cow does anybody know what a cow is is. Do you know how, how cows uh, deal with their cud? They chew their cud back and forth in all their stomachs, back and forth, back to the other stomach. What are they doing? The same word, hug of the word of God. Get into it. Get into it. I mean, get deeply into it and it'll change your life. Meditation on the word and love, 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 love. I tell you, love is, Caroline Lee said, love literally wipes out fear. Perfect love drives out fear. And here's some good news. God is love. Let me read one more quote and I'm going to stop. One more quote, and I'm going to stop. So many of us cavalierly gloss over, I don't know if we get this, thank you. So many of us cavalierly gloss over what he has done, what he has done, say he has done, and we zero in on what we're to do. And that shift, though it may seem slight, makes all the difference in the world. Our obedience has its origin in God's prior action, and forgetting that truth results in self-righteousness, pride, and despair. As you study the scripture, remember that the imperatives are always rooted in the indicatives. God calls you to become who you already are. 
Caroline Leaf says it this way. She says, your mind is catching up with, with what the Spirit has already done. Come on, stand up with me. Hey, I got to stop because I got to get to the golf course. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Father, we bless you. Come on, pray with me. We bless you. All the believers are praying. Listen, can I talk to you? Listen, if you're here today and you're going, well, I don't know what's going on. I wandered in. I, I don't know what it's like to be a child of God. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm talking to you. And I want you to know today before you leave that you're a child of God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you. But if that's you, I want you to identify yourself. Really simple. I'm going to go one, two, three. At three, you just put your hand up so I can see it. And I want to pray for you. Are you ready? I'm talking to you. It's the Spirit of God working on your heart right now. Listen, one two, three. Your hand goes all the way up, all the way up. Thank you. Anyone else? Hand all the way up, all the way up. Okay. You can put your hands down. We're praying for you right now. We're praying. We're all going to pray together. You ready? Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. I receive forgiveness. I receive healing. I receive freedom in the name of Jesus. I declare, boldly declare, by the Spirit of God, that I am a child of God. 